Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity profession brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Every episode, we will learn from NAPO members and subject matter experts as they share their successes, challenges, best practices, proven strategies, industry developments, and more. And now, here's your host, Claire Kumar, NAPO member since 2010. Hi, I'm Claire Kumar, your host for another episode of NAPO's podcast, Standout. I'm so excited today to dig into a conversation that I think you're going to be really excited to hear. Imagine a lot of you looked at taking your business online in the pandemic and are seeing opportunities for really growing that. And to figure out better ways to do it, I have to online business superstars joining me. There's a dynamic duo here. It's Ingrid Jansen and Leslie Spillman. They're here from the Declutter Hub, which is an online community and membership program based out of the UK. If you want to listen in and have a look at what they're doing, I'm going to give you their URLs and how to find them right now in case you want to get a feel for what we're talking about in real time. So you'll find their URL at thedeclutterhub.com. And on Facebook, which is going to be really the focus of our conversation today, how to build an online community through a Facebook group, you will find that at the Declutter Hub community on Facebook. So I invite you all to, you know, have a look, log in, check it out as we're talking, because it'll make, I think, this conversation more real and bring it to life for you. Right now, though, let me tell you a little bit more about Ingrid and Leslie. I had the pleasure of meeting Ingrid gosh, two, three years ago now, I had the pleasure of traveling to London and speaking at APTO, the Association of Professional Declutterers and Organizers in London. And what a wonderful organization to be part of. And Leslie and Ingrid were fabulous contributors, being part of the board for six years. Ingrid is past president and head of conference, and Leslie is head of mentoring, I love that, and website development. So they know all about being part of a really valuable association association such as NAPO. So they understand the benefits of bringing great value to an organization. And that's what we're hoping to do today with you here on the podcast and always. So Ingrid and Leslie have already broadcast 150 episodes and half a million downloads on the Declutter Hub podcast. So you can tune in and check that out for organizing expertise there. Their Facebook group has, get this, 8,000 members. That is a huge accomplishment. They are also now running a successful membership program called the declutterhub.com. So I'm really happy to bring their knowledge and insights to you. Welcome to you both, Leslie and Ingrid. Oh, thank you for having us, Claire. So excited to be here, aren't we, Ingrid? Yes, thanks, Claire. It's so nice to see you. I mean, it's always lovely to see you in person or online, but thank you for having us. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you. I wanted to start really from the top. So if perhaps maybe Ingrid, since you're on the top of my screen, we'll start with you. Could you please share a little bit of what's this mission for the Declutter Hub? And then following that mission, give me a little bit of insight as to the strategy of why you went membership and how Facebook comes part of that. And Leslie, if you have something to add, by all means, please come into the conversation as well. 
Yes. Well, Claire, Leslie and I, we met through the Indeed the Abdo boards. We became great friends and we both run our own professional organizing businesses. I myself in London, Leslie in Manchester. And after the board, we stepped down. We did six years of volunteering and we thought we really miss working with each other. Let's do something together. And that's kind of how the idea of the Declutter Hub was born. And We've kind of, it's kind of, it started off as, yeah, let's do something. Let's write a course. We want to help people online to declutter. We get so many inquiries of people who want to work with us. There is not enough hours in the day. Let's do something online. And that's when we started thinking about a course, which grew into courses, which grew into the membership. And then we kind of thought, okay, we want to do a podcast as well, because how are people going to find our membership? And that's when the idea came about of starting a Facebook group. And the idea was really we want to have a safe space because we know that people who struggle with clutter find it really hard and are really private. So we said it has to be a private group. It has to be a kind group. We don't want to tolerate any nastiness or any negativity People being open about the fact that they have clutter and want to declutter is very important. So it has to be a safe, kind space. And I think from there, it kind of all started, didn't it, Leslie? Yeah, definitely. I think community, we knew right from the start, even though we said, right, let's do some courses. We were like, but we want to be a part of it. We want to help people in the same way that we have with our one-to-one businesses. We know how hard it is. Everybody can go online and read and watch YouTube videos, but we need to be there to help people for those difficult questions. And we can do that in our Facebook community, in our membership, and to some degree on our podcast as well. That's not quite as interactive. But yeah, it's all about the community and our communities are so fabulous and so such lovely supportive people. And that's what we're all about. Well, how well-timed was it, right? Because did you know there was a pandemic coming and we'd have to have challenges going into people's homes and you know, this need to connect virtually, which has really opened up in the last you know, year and a half. You know, you say that, Claire, and one of the really interesting things was, and we started our podcast back in 2018, so a while ago, and the Facebook group around the same time. And so when the pandemic hit, we were right in the middle of our 40 Days, 40 Items Challenge, which we broadcast live on our Facebook group for um, 40 days, unsurprisingly. And we were probably like 10 days in or something when the UK went into lockdown. And it was because England and I were like, we can't talk about decluttering a pair of socks when there's a global pandemic hitting. What are we going to do? And so we asked the members in our community, and they were like, no, we want you to carry on. We want you to carry on because it's a release. It's a relief from what's going on. And so really, it definitely grew. And we became a lot of people's kind of safe space throughout the pandemic, didn't we, Ingrid? Yeah, definitely. And I think because from the start, Leslie, I really thought it was really important that people knew that we were behind the Declutter Hub. And because there's other decluttering groups online, there's other decluttering groups on Facebook, but it's almost like you never know who runs it. And Leslie, I really thought it's important that people realize that we are professional organizers. We have the knowledge. We want to retain kind of that figurehead status. We want people to understand there's somebody behind this group who cares about us and who give out this vibe of happiness and laughter and being down to earth and being honest and being cheerful, but also taking decluttering very seriously. 
I love that because I've gone to websites of organizers sometimes and I'm like, where's the person? So it's lacking personality to that. And you've got magnetic personality. So when you thought about shaping the feel of the Declutter Hub and obviously the experience in the Facebook group, what did you think was important to bring from yourselves into that group experience? Maybe Leslie, do you want to answer that one? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, everything all over it is all about fun and laughter. And this sounds really bad, you know, because we're like, we know that it's very serious stuff, but we truly believe if it's fun and people want to show up and want to watch our lives, want to listen to our podcast because we inject a little bit of fun and humanity into it, then they'll keep on turning up. And if it's just very staid, then they won't. So, so many times, like, oh, we love the banter between you and Ingrid because we just take the mickey out of each other pretty much all the time. We Wait a laugh. minute, just a minute. I have to translate for the <laughs> yeah. non, non-UK audience. Take the mickey out. What's the take the mickey out mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's many other things that I could have said, but that was the plan. That's true. That's true. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, make fun of it. It's normally me making fun of Ingrid, to be fair. So I do get berated <laughs> for that. But yeah, we like to make fun of each other, don't we? But it's real and it's authentic. So what you see is what you get. Well, so I'm British as well. And Leslie, you may not know I was born in Birmingham. No. Yeah. Oh, so I have a habit and an appreciation for wit and cleverness. It's one of my core values is clever, which is bringing wit to the humor. British humor is its own thing, and it can be a little bit sarcastic. And some audiences, some cultures don't jive with that. But in Britain, in the UK, it's one of, I think it's one of the strongest compelling, entertaining features. So I love that that's part of your brand and your experience. For anybody listening, tune into a podcast episode to really capture this banter that they're talking about because it's it's a really unique thing. And if anybody watches British TV shows, you'll get the spirit of taking the mickey out or taking the piss out is the other term we talk. We, <laughs> I, never you, said hear. That, I never said that. You said that. Okay, I said it. Sorry, there we go. <laughs> but that's what you'll hear. And there's a lightness, a spirit, a sense of joy. My personal productivity brand is productivity plus pleasure equals performance. So I'm on your page. And I think you're right. That's what keeps us wanting more. It's to lighten this whole thing. So kudos to you for bringing your personalities in. So let's talk a little bit more about the Facebook group itself and maybe some tips. And maybe Ingrid, you'd like to take this one. Tips about how you decided to start building it. What kind of content are you putting in there? How frequently? Share some of your incredible wisdom on that topic. Well, I'm going to be honest. That's all about our brand as well. We were a little bit naive when we set this up. We were like, yeah, let's do a group. It sounds amazing. Let's hang out with people who have clutter and it will be great. And then after a little while, we realized, oh, wow, we actually, this is a lot of work to run a group. So satisfying, so lovely, but yet we have to get organized and to do this. Who better? Yes, definitely, (laughs) definitely. And so we kind of realized, okay, we need a combination of scheduled posts and posts that are off the cuff. We do there and then live. We do Facebook lives or we see something funny. We post it in the group, but we also need to have some posts that we schedule in advance because I think a lot of people like some sort of a flow. They want to see kind of like, oh, it's Wednesday. Oh, it's Wednesday, Wednesday. I want to share my win. So we have a Wednesday win on Wednesday. I can share something that I've done that I've done really positively. 
We have a Friday fun thing going on. We've got a podcast coming out on Friday. So people start to understand the rhythm of the group. And I think that is really important that you kind of build on that and that you get engagement. And of course, reading all the comments, connecting, liking, replying to some of them and all of that, that is part of of being in the group as well. And not only kind of broadcasting out, but also when people are kind of coming back to you, then replying to them and pointing them in the right direction and giving a lovely comment. So like, well done or great job or anything like that. And I think they think we've got this massive admin team behind us and they're like, is it really you? Because it says Ingrid Admin. I'm like, yeah, it's me on my sofa typing great job to you. <laughs> yeah, you didn't outsource that piece. No, no, no. Have you grown with 8,000 members now and the size of your podcast as well, this success? Have you expanded to have a team to help with the administration of this? Or are you guys really flat out working hard, the two of you? Leslie, do you want to share a little bit about that? We do have help. We couldn't possibly do it without some help, but really it's quite low key. We have some virtual assistants who help us, mostly with graphic design for the membership mainly and for the podcast artwork. We have my daughter helps us now with editing podcasts and editing video because all our courses are done by video. And again, even that within the membership, we realized, you know, we're here to talk about authenticity really. And what we did in the beginning, we've made mistakes like anyone with, with an online business. We've kind of voiced over PowerPoints and now we're like, people want to see our faces. And we grew that really in the pandemic. People wanted to see that friendly face. And now we've started to bring the podcast online and show ourselves on YouTube as well. And so it's really important for that connection. It's all about that connection. But anyway, so I was saying, so my daughter edits the podcast. She edits the videos for us and she does a lot of the tech stuff. And we do have somebody who does, who's always done the social media for my business, Ingrid's business in London, or one-to-one businesses, and she does little bits and pieces for us on social media. But we come up with all the ideas. We're the ones in the group doing all the administration. We don't have any other admins in the group watching what's going on. But what we found is that we have our lovely members of the Facebook group. They're very loyal, and they will do that for us. They're reporting people. To be fair, we don't get much. They're reporting people. They're pointing people in the right direction of podcasts that are going to help them. They're posting links to the membership. So some of that administration is done by the members of the group just organically, which is really nice. You know, they've got our backs almost really. That's what I've heard from other people with successful Facebook groups. It's you've built such a trusted community that they've got your back and they're watching out for the integrity of the group. So in your announcements where you sort of create the feel and set the rules for the group, is there anything in particular you think is really important for somebody to adopt in terms of getting a spirit, you know, creating that trusted spirit? Ingrid, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, we have, of course, we have rules. I mean, that's important. A lot of them are about be kind to each other, do a nice comment, share a nice post, be constructive. And I think we've really, from the ground up, we worked on that. And that's what you see now. And also the people who come in the group are like, oh, this is a, has a nice vibe to it. And it's exactly what Leslie's saying. A lot of the members in the membership also love being in the Facebook group. So they also kind of help us and they definitely help to point people in the right direction. We've got a pinned post and a kind of an announcement post with a little video. So people immediately see that it's us 
who is kind of spearheading this group with a little blurb, some free content. We point them in the right direction of things. And I think that really helps to use those announcements and use the description of the group and have a photo of us in the header. So people kind of know, ah, okay, this is a nice group. Yeah, you make a good point. That visual in the header, it gives people a feeling that they're with you. So that's, yeah, I love that. Just jogging back to the, Leslie, you got your daughter to help you with this. I might have to have a side conversation because I've invited my daughter to help me numerous times and so far, so far, nothing. (laughs) And one of the things I've found I enjoy, but I probably should be getting some help with is I fell in love with Canva and creating the visuals and the tone. I'm wondering if maybe Leslie, you could talk a little bit about the tone from a design perspective, because this is a place where there are words, there is video, and there are images. And did you think a lot about, you know, what kinds of visual expression we're going to have and what colors, what feeling, that kind of brand guideline? Yeah, branding's really important to us. So right from the start, we use a lot of vector images. It's not photographs, it's like the graphic graphic images, not real pictures and so on. Yeah. yeah. We have somebody who creates all that. And so we try to bring them all within our brand colors. Again, that's grown over time, Claire, when we've worked out. So we have an individual, I have a new graphic for every single thing. We've more or less got every graphic that's possible in the decluttering world, I think now, um, to pull upon. But no, that's really important. That's an investment to hire someone to create that, right? That's, yeah, that's significant. Yeah. It's interesting when you talk about growing in a business, really, about the mistakes that you make, but the mistakes that you make grow you into the person that you need to be. And so you learn all the time. And so as we look back, did we make a mistake or was it a learning? You know, did we learn from that? Oh, redefine failure as learning always, I think. Yeah. But, you know, realistically, should we have been paying all that money for graphic design when we weren't making any money? Probably not. And so we probably spent more than we needed to. But It all adds to people like, oh, wow, it's so professional, whether it's the Facebook group, the podcast, the membership, right from the word go. And even in my own Clutterfairy business and within Apto, you know, because I've done quite a lot of websites over time, it needs to be professional. I'm just not going to go for something that's half cut. You know, it's it's got to be good. So I think that was really important. I think we've worked out in terms of engagement, what works in terms of images. Sometimes we use plain text. Sometimes we use long form. So that's longer versions and but mostly we have to think about what are people going to engage with so just as a kind of crazy example we see things around and there was a a quite a hideous image of somebody um keeping teeth and then making them into necklaces and we were like that's really not that and you know as as professional organizers when we see those we're like why are you keeping the teeth you know what I mean like please don't do that and so the idea that they would be made in some kind of necklace was quite grim but that was like, you know, that get that post probably got like 4,000 engagements. Like huge. Oh, you know? wow. So the creepy factor is actually compelling. Yes. This, oh, I have been misplaying things for a <laughs> long time. We don't do those a lot. But of course, once you do that, the engagement goes up in the group. The algorithm starts to bring people in and you start to get in suggested as a suggested group. And so there's a method behind the madness. So you have to kind of work that Facebook algorithm. I know, well, I don't think anybody understands the way the Facebook algorithm works, but we know that if we put something that a lot of people are going to respond to, then all of a sudden more people are going to come into the group. So, Oh, that's fascinating. It's so counterintuitive for me, but I'm even seeing a similar thing in Instagram. I create a meme, post it there. It doesn't get the same views as a 
photograph that I took outside. There's something there that says, we ain't going to show this because we think you're marketing your stuff now. We're not going to show, right? It's like, wait a second. So that's fascinating. So teeth necklaces, excellent. (laughs) Noting, search for... (laughs) did upset a few people. So we did have to remove it as well, Claire. But apart from that, it worked. worked. Okay. So listeners, don't go looking for this. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. When you removed it, you just took the picture out or did you take the whole... I deleted the it had run it's got the problem was we had so many people problem we had so many people commenting on it of course it's going to the top of the group all the time oh gosh the teeth <laughs> never die we don't really just want that to be our brand but two weeks later the teeth are still coming to the top of the group it's like okay enough now enough of- <laughs> so don't be afraid to get rid of content that served its purpose um but may not be supporting your future direction Absolutely. absolutely. That's a great takeaway because I was sort of thinking people expect content to be there and stay there, but you're actually in control of what you're putting on the buffet. So that's very empowering. This is so full of nuggets and I'm sort of basically writing down a list of, oh, could do this differently, could do that differently. (laughs) So I created, as you know, a Facebook group for the first time at the end of February. And of course, started really gung-ho and thought I would do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday and quickly realized that's really hard. And I tried to plan them out up front. And then I've, because of my personality, I like this off the cuff piece, but I think you're right. I'm loving the wisdom in separating this content from some scheduled where you can think planning in ahead. So you've got something, it's there. And then the off the cuff stuff is responding to what is ever happening in the world or perhaps what catches your fancy. So yeah, is it a 50-50 split? Is it, how do you divide that content? Well, I think what we realize is that we have a couple of scheduled posts that come back, like the Wednesday wins, for example. We've got a couple of other things as well that come back every week. We use different images, but it's the same idea. And you can schedule them into Facebook, or of course, you can use a scheduler to put them in automatically. And in the beginning, Leslie and I were posting a lot ourselves to get the engagement going. But we realize now, because we've got over 8,000 people in the group, People are now posting themselves their before and after pictures. They're asking their questions. They're showing fun things that they've done. So now we can pull back a little bit ourselves on constantly putting in new content ourselves because the group is doing that. And that is really helpful because that happens when the group gets bigger. But in the beginning, we constantly had to think, what are we going to post? What are we going to say? Have we seen something interesting in the news? Or is there a cool meme going out anywhere else? Or did we see somewhere else that was interesting? Or is there a, a new TV show that we can put something out and that everybody's watching? So you have to be super creative. And I think now the group starts to run itself, but we're still very much keeping an eye on it all the time and reading all the comments and looking how posts are doing. Thank you for sharing that. Leslie, I want to talk about the podcast and the group together because they started kind of at the same time. And so do you think strategically about content we're going to do a podcast on this. We'll parallel content, play content out in the group. How do they work together synergistically? 
Yeah, I mean, we plan all our content. So we're probably, we're about to plan quarter one of 2022. So we, because we're content producers, you know, we're producing courses and we do five-day free challenges and we do, you know, podcasts every week. So there's a lot of content to think about. And we do a Facebook Live in the group every week as well, which we have to think about. So we do try and connect those, particularly if we've got something that we want to promote. So if we're leading up to something, then we will put it in terms of what's coming. So we will start to build people towards something that we are, wanting to sell you know ultimately the one thing that we've not said and where we were very naive is there's no point in just having a Facebook group just for the fun of it because it's hard work and so there has to be a strategy why what you're aiming to get from this and I think you know we were very naive in sales in the beginning weren't we Ingrid because we just thought oh people will come and it'll be fine and we could talk about decluttering and they'll just buy our membership and it's like mm, actually it's not easy at all and you've got to constantly be trying to sell but when you're not natural salespeople, it's taken us probably three years to get to the point where we feel 100% comfortable we've turned that corner in terms of we can help you and so we're going to tell you how we can help you rather than just hope that you work it out for yourself. And so within our podcast now, we've started to move more into a little promo for ourselves. We talk about things in our Facebook lives. We put promotions into the group. But, that you know, we didn't promote anything in the group probably for two years, did we, Ingrid? You know what I mean? That was my next question. And so I'm so glad you went here because that was my next question. So we're, we've got all this work. We've got all this creativity But the ultimate goal is this is a business of serving people and to sustain the business and sustain your lifestyles, you need to be making this a profitable venture. And so, yeah, two years. So I'm at February, March, April, May, June, July. I'm at (laughs) five, six months now. So I've got a little more work to do. But in hindsight, would you do anything differently? Or do you think it needs this kind of incubation and building to a certain size or when do you think it's appropriate to start selling into the group and encouraging them to participate more deeply? Good question, Ingrid. I'll let you answer that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's a combination. I think in the beginning, when you start a group, you get all these people who know you that come into the group, but it's like, okay, that's nice, but you already know what we're doing. We need to have other people in the group. And I mean, hindsight is a wonderful thing. You know, I mean, you can't change the past, but I think if there's one thing, what we probably could have done a little bit earlier is maybe use Facebook ads. So we kind of, waited quite a while before we started using Facebook ads. And once we started using Facebook ads, we found out that Facebook then thinks, oh, this is interesting. I'm going to put them on as a suggested group. And then, of course, when you do your Facebook ads, people sign up for a challenge. And then we always say, you know, you don't just sign up, also come into the group. So you then grow the group as well. So you then see the combination. And it's the same thing with the podcast. In the podcast, we talked about the Facebook group. But then in the Facebook group, we weren't talking about the podcast. So at one point, we were like, we need to actually tell the Facebook group that we have the podcast. So we then started doing a post on Friday. There's a new podcast coming out. And then we did another post on Tuesday. Did you listen to our new podcast? So that was another piece of content. And then after a while, we thought, you know what? Let's do a little snippet of audio with headliner and then put that over the weekend so people can listen to like a little sound bite of like a minute. And it's another little plug for the podcast. So that's how we built content too. 
because we saw all these other people go, you need to use your content like at least seven or 15 times. And we were like, how do you do that? And we're like, oh, but we have all this content. This is how you do that. And you have the properties, you have the places, right? So you've, you've really built it in a really smart way, I think. So you've seen the group grow and has the sharing of the group been quite organic now? Or did you have to do something? Well, I guess the ads are one way to totally expand your reach. But before the ads, was there anything else that you thought of doing, you know, tag a friend in this post or invite somebody, you know, who never comes out of their house? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. No, I think one of the things that we did, and this is going to be based on having content and challenges and things, because when we ran a free challenge or a webinar or whatever, we would do that in a separate group. So we would almost have a group that was exclusively for the people going through the challenge. And again, so we did that probably for four or five challenges, didn't we, Ingrid? And then, which worked really well. Of course it does, because, you know, people are very hyper-focused on that group and checking it every day. But then we were kind of like, well, we're missing a complete, because ultimately, even if it's a five-day challenge, even if people aren't going through that challenge, they're still interested in seeing before and after pictures and seeing people's wins. And so we started to invite the people from the five-day challenge or the masterclasses or the webinars or whatever we were doing into the main group. And so I think that's when we started to see the real growth and the real interaction. And it's all about this algorithm that we were talking about before, which is really boring annoying because Facebook are really annoying with the algorithm. You've got to kind of work it. And, but in, just jumping back to a question about whether we were smart in that I think we were apologetic about having something good that we could sell and that was we grew and we learned and I think that what happened was people thought we were very very giving and now we now have to train people perhaps to realize that everything that we do is not going to be for free it probably be fair 80 percent of what we do is probably free isn't it Ingrid but we need to change shift that balance in terms of sales and so we've got to retrain people because they've been used to us giving so much away for free. So it's interesting. We're going into a whole other area of sales. Well, but. actually, we had a wonderful podcast about this topic and webinars and particularly with Leslie Josel. And she's grown an incredible business through a lot of giving and consistently having things to sell. And the ratios no doubt changed over time. And so I think that's important to think about what you're constructing so that it is net profitable and sooner rather than later, but doesn't compromise this feeling that you have in the group. So there's an art and a science to this both. In terms of sharing the Facebook group in in my early days, I realized that if I was going to just invite friends, I've created this group and send them the link to the group, it wouldn't send the link to the group. It wouldn't connect them unless they were fans of my business page. So I created a separate URL. So happyspacepod.com forwarding to the Facebook group so I could actually send it to people. And so that was sort of my little workaround. Are there any any things that you've come up with that are workarounds like that to get the word out when a Facebook group might be not as easy to join for someone who's not already connected with you or other barriers that have come up that you might have tuned into? Yeah, I think it's really important for you to connect the dots between your Facebook page, between your other, so even and I have got our own one-to-one businesses as well. So everything is in there. Everything leads to the group and our personal profile. Even though we don't typically have anybody on our personal profile and we've made that decision rightly or wrongly if people click into our profile which people do then they will find what we do and our group will be right at the top of that and so I think that's really important to do and it's something that people people are all my you know my personal profile is private which I get we have to have you know 
well, we make a choice, don't we, whether we want that to be private or not. And Ingrid and I, for the most part, do. But you still need people like, oh, who is this? Let's click into that view main profile and see what's behind them, where they live. You know, people just like, oh, where are they from? Where do they live? And then straight away up pops the group. Have to have the group connected through from the podcast. It's in all our show notes. It's in our membership. It's on our degree. So yeah, it's all completely interconnected. But it takes a while to work all that stuff out. And it's just constant because this is marketing, you know, and we're declutterers, organizers, we're not marketers. Well, I would beg to differ. I would say you guys are hands down amazing marketers and sharing this wisdom with our audience today is going to leapfrog people. I mean, I wish I'd had this conversation with you in February, tell you straight up truth, but it's, no, you've got absolute talent and bringing a lot of value. So I'm really grateful for this. I wonder as a closing note, to this interview, whether one of you would like to share the thing you're most proud of in terms of accomplishments with the group and the community. And maybe we'll start with the struggle first. Like what was the hardest thing to figure out or what was one of the biggest challenges? And I'm going to say, Leslie, start. And why don't you pick which one you'd like to talk to? And Ingrid will have to come up with something on the other side. Ingrid, you can do the proud. Ingrid's the positive one, and I'm the one that comes up with all the problems. So I'll do the struggle, shall I? And you can do the nice bit, Ingrid, as per usual. Yeah, what was has been the struggle? I think it was a personal struggle as to why why was it not working? Why could we not just? Why would people just not interact? And so it was just our own. You know, I've, I've sort of said it before, really, just our naivety, really. And I think because we came into it and. We had done marketing for our one-to-one businesses, but we didn't work out how that worked in the online world very differently. Even though we had had a Facebook page, you know, I successfully marketed Close Ferry business, you know, all that, I've written websites and all that. I just don't think we'd made that leap into people are all over the world and we need to connect all over the world. And we do have a, it's interesting you're talking about the, the differences in language and so on. It, you know, the fact that our community is truly global and many of our kind of super fans, as we call them, are, you know, Australia, Canada, the States, everywhere. And so that's one of the very special things, certainly. So, yeah, Ingrid, I don't know what I think I've said about my struggles. You can <laughs> say a nice thing now. Well, I think for me, it's when people our members in the group really feel they can share their before and in between and after photos. It's not about look what I've done. It's also like I'm feeling brave and I'm going to share where I am now. There was an amazing post on today of somebody who did her garage and she did not only did posted her before photos and her after, but also all the work that went on in between. And she said, and here's all my boxes that I'm sorting. And here's all the stuff that I'm giving back to my kids. And here's all the." And that was just so amazing that they feel that the group is a place where they can share that. And it's not only about the end result and want that pat on the back when it's the end, but also like the, this is what you have to go through to do this. And it's hard work, but I'm okay. I'm feeling happy to share this here. And I think for me, that makes me really proud. And it's not only in our Facebook group, but of course, definitely also in our membership. It's really important. 
Yeah, I love this amplification of your brilliance. A one-on-one business and 8,000 people would be pretty darn hard. So you've really managed to accomplish something brilliant. So Ingrid and Leslie, thank you deeply for taking some time to share your wisdom with the NAPO standout audience. Listeners out there, I hope you're going to go check the declutterhub.com and also the Facebook group, the Declutter Hub Community. And so you can see the graphic that they've invested in. You can feel the community that they've created and be inspired to think about your own progression in the online space and what that might look like. So please tune in again to NAPO Standout. You can find all the podcast episodes at napopodcast.com. Please do share a comment or a review. We'd love to hear from you. And one of the things you guys will know, the podcast, as you put it out there, it's not engaging like the Facebook group is where you put something out and you get a lot of comments right away. So just know listeners out there, we'd love to hear from you, what you might like to hear coming up and what's been riveting in social media. We post every time a podcast launches in all the places. And I'm sure Ingrid and Leslie would love to hear from you there too. So until the next episode, please be safe and be kind to yourself and enjoy your journey. That's all for today's episode of Stand Out, brought to you by NAPO the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more.